Welcome to the Zico Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. Here we discuss fitness, nutrition, gut health, alternative medicine, and anything else that impacts your health and fitness. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. Welcome to another episode of the Zika Health Show. This is fitness nutrition and weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. And I'm really glad that you're joining me today. Because today, I want to talk about hunger and cravings. See, one of the reasons why most diets fail is because they focus too much on restricting calories. And that can cause hunger and cravings then we don't know what to do with those feelings, right? When we're hungry all the time. Who wants to be hungry all the time? And eventually you say, you know what? I just can't do this anymore. So we just give up. So today, I'm going to give you a guide and how you can actually manage your weight while at the same time, you're controlling your hunger and cravings. See, by the end of this episode, you will learn tips that will make you make your nutrition plan more enjoyable. So you don't feel like you're dying all the time. You're starving all the time. And by actually enjoying what we eat, eating well, then guess what? It's going to be more sustainable. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. Ways that you can lose that body fat, even build lean muscle, and feeling great while you're doing it. Before I get into this week's episode, I want to first talk about the study of the week. This is a study published in ASM.org, which is the American Society of Microbiology. And it discusses the connection between severe COVID-19 infections and poor gut health. And if you've been listening to me for a while, you know I preach gut health and its impact on it, our overall health, weight loss, and so much stuff, right? So this article is really keen because it's titled, Poor Gut Health Connected to Severe COVID-19 New Research Shows. I should say new research shows. It states that autopsy and other studies have also revealed that the infection can impact our liver, kidney, spleen, even gastrointestinal tract. A sizable fraction of patients hospitalized with breathing problems also have diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, suggesting that the virus also gets involved in our GI tract, which increases the severity of the disease. Stop and listen to that for a second. Remember in past episodes, like I've had interviewed with uh, Dr. Carolyn Stone, and we talk about 95% of your immune system resides in your gut, in your GI tract. So if you want to improve your immune system and make your immune system stronger against virus and diseases, you have to improve the health of your gut. And this article right here is making that connection. 
it goes on to explain that microbiologist Heman Stanley Kim, PhD, from Korea's University Laboratory for Human Micro Microbial Interactions in Seoul, explained that emerging evidence suggesting that poor gut health adversely affects COVID-19 prognosis. That poor gut health adversely affects COVID-19 prognosis. Again, if you want the immune system to be healthy, your gut have to be healthy. See, based on this analysis, Kim proposed that gut, gut dysfunction and its associated leaky gut may exacerbate the severity of infection by enabling the virus to access the surface of digestive tract and internal organs. And we know that is the entire premise behind not having a leaky gut. To strengthen the, the, um, the gut lining, right? Reducing gut permeability. We don't want COVID to get in there. And that's what she's talking about here. So if you've been following me for a while, you know that I preach the importance of improving the health of our gut. I've spent years working on my gut. And after being on asthma medication for over 20 years, I can say I haven't had to renew my medication in the past two years. It's been about two and a half. And remember again, in my conversation with Dr. Carolyn Stone, we, we discussed the importance of gut health and that 95% of the immune system resides in your GI tract. So in other words, healthy gut, healthy immune system. Finally, the article states that studies have demonstrated that people with underlying medical conditions, including high blood pressure, diabetes, and obesity, face a higher risk of severe COVID-19 infections. Now, we already know that, right? I've talked about it on my show. It's on the CDC website. The risk also increases with age, with older adults most vulnerable to the most serious complications and likelihood of hospitalization. But both of these factors, advanced age and chronic conditions, have a well-known association with altered gut microbiota. This imbalance can affect gut barrier integrity which can allow pathogens easier access to cells in the intestinal lining. Really think about that. When we talk about Dr. Stephen Gundry, or even Dr. Kim in this case, we talk about the importance of maintaining a healthy gut. There are so many reasons, other than, of course, I just I mentioned a couple of times, the health of the immune system, but also not letting virus and pathogens in. Healthy gut, healthy immune system. When we talk, Dr. Gundry, I've talked many times of, of the connection between poor gut health, or even say leaky gut, and autoimmune disease. Because we let so many virus, bad virus and bacteria in, our body starts to attack itself because your immune system is attacking itself. Because it's overwhelmed. So I'm gonna put I'm gonna put a link to this article in the show notes, zikahealth.com slash cravings. 
and please give it a read. Because at the end of the day, vaccinated or not, you need to take care of your health. Period. The buck stops with us. We're looking to the government to, to stop COVID-19. No, we are the ones who, who can. At the end of the day, we have to take care of ourselves. I'm not saying that, you know, you, and I want to get away from this thought of you do this, this, and this, you're going to be fine, not going to have COVID. That's not how this works. What I'm talking about is we have to do the right things to protect ourselves. If you've done everything you're supposed to, or even most of what you're supposed to, and then something else happens, that those are things outside of our control. But most of the things that we need to do to protect ourselves are within our control, and we need to do those things. So give a read to this article. If you haven't yet, work with a licensed dietitian who understands the importance of having a good, healthy gut. Work with a certified nutritionist who has who understands the importance of having a healthy gut. And, may, and even if you, you can't afford one, that's fine. That happens, right? So then you know what? Do as much research like I did. Because I improved the health of my gut and I no longer have to take allergy and asthma medication. And the same thing can happen to you. But you have to realize that the buck stops with you. And you have to take care of yourself. I want to also say that gut health or a healthy gut, it is important to slow down the aging process, which is vital, vital for you to manage your body weight. And I've talked about this on previous episodes about losing lean muscle mass and more and um, obesity are linked to accelerated aging. And that's another reason why I preach that weight management goes far beyond calories, far beyond calories. And I want to, anybody that's listening to me, especially if you're listening to me for the first time, I want to wrap your mind around that and listen to this in every future episode, because every episode I bring you something powerful you to take, to take control of your health, to take control of your body weight, to take your life back. Because again, the buck starts with you. Now, with that being said, let's jump into the topic of the day. Let's talk about cravings. Now, as always, I'm going to start the show. I'm going to slow down a little bit. And I'm going to talk about, I'm going to start with a definition. In order to understand why you crave unhealthy food or quote-unquote fattening foods, we need to first know what cravings are. And simply defined, it's a powerful desire for something. That's it. A powerful desire. So, I mean, that's, I'm sure that's not a surprise to most people. But the question I want to ask is, why are we desire, desiring unhealthy or fattening foods? Have we ever thought about that? Because a lot of times we think, oh, I just love to eat burgers. I just love to eat pizza. I just love to eat fried foods. And I have my moments when I eat those too, so I'm not going to say I'm perfect. But why are you craving it? 
especially to the detriment of yourself because you know it's unhealthy, but yet you're still craving it. Why are you craving it? That's what I'm going to get into. I'm going to start with poor gut health. Surprise? You should have known I was going there. See, our gut has trillions of gut bacteria. There is an emerging body of evidence that suggests that our food cravings may actually be significantly shaped by, by, by the bacteria we have inside our guts. See, gut bacteria aids in digestion and nutrient absorption, which leads to fewer cravings. We now know that whether in the form of pizza, chips, ice cream, cupcakes, or donuts, cheap, easy access to such ultra-flavorful foods explains skyrocketing obesity, diabetes, and cancer rates. We know this. And these are just some of the issues it causes, but we know this. It's not a surprise to anybody. I'm not telling anybody anything that's going to say. I hope no one's going to say, oh, I, I'm surprised of this. No, we know this. See, the problem lies in the incompatibility of these foods with our evolutionary genetics of meat and fiber-eating cavemen. See, humans didn't evolve on pizza and ice cream. And if you're a Christian, you believe in the Bible, in the beginning when God gave us, told us what we should eat, I don't remember anywhere he talked about ice cream and, and cakes. He was specific. So regardless of what you believe in, there is no history that we ate like this. This is recent. See, High-carb, low-fiber diets, they promote the imbalance of gut bacteria called dysbiosis. That's the war within your gut determines your health. As the declining levels of good bacteria allows overgrowth of harmful bacteria like C. difficile, salmonella, E. coli, yeast-like, candidiasis, and parasites to damage your gut, which we call the leaky gut syndrome, and your overall health. So sometimes we may think it's just a lack of self-control. I just love eating this stuff. And sometimes it can be true. But in most cases, our cravings are caused by poor gut health. When I talk to my friends and I tell them that I don't crave unhealthy foods anymore, they look at me crazy. They think I'm lying to myself. But I really don't. My body doesn't crave unhealthy foods. So I like the look on people's faces when I tell them that. Because I tell them that my body doesn't really even crave food. My body craves nutrients. My body tells me I need protein. My body tells me I need fat. My body tells me when I need carbs. That's why I carb cycle. My body tells me what it needs because I'm in tune with my body. 
And that's where intuitive eating comes in. And that's why I don't believe in cheat days. You know, it's got, in, in the beginning, just, just eat. Eat and, con- and make the changes that you need to make. And eventually, your body will stop craving the foods it was craving before. So I don't believe in the, you're making a mental thing when you say, you know what, Friday, my cheat day, and I'm going to eat like crazy and then restrict myself and hate my life the other six days and how many hours, right? Who wants to live like that? It's about fixing your gut so you crave the right foods. It's not about cheating or restricting yourself and then cheating. And that's, again, another reason why a lot of diets just don't work. So here are some general guidelines. There's some general guidelines. So I'm not saying you should, you should do this. If you have questions, please talk to a certified nutritionist or a licensed dietitian before you make any dietary changes. But here are some general guidelines. Eat your probiotics. I'm sorry, prebiotics. Let me say um, probiotics. I mean prebiotics. See, one of the best ways to support overall growth of your gut bacteria is to eat foods that create prebiotics, such as garlic, onions, leeks, apples, konjac root, cacao, flaxseed, yikima root, seaweed, and so on and so forth. I saw a post on Instagram today that said that prebiotics are more important than probiotics. Well, I don't know if I believe that necessarily, but I'll say this. Prebiotics are food for probiotics. If you want good bacteria to grow, you have to put the prebiotics there because they will feed on that good gut bacteria. I'm sorry, they will feed on the prebiotics. I said I said it the wrong way. So you want the good, healthy probiotics, you have to start eating more prebiotics. So again, I'm not talking about restriction here. I'm talking about adding in. That's what my clients would say, I add differently. Adding in the right things. The next thing is, eat your probiotics. Eat bitter foods like Greek yogurt, kombucha, dark chocolate. In fact, some of the teas that I drink are flat out disgusting. Like Cersei is one of my favorites. It's bitter and disgusting, but it's good for my gut. So I drink it. It's saying that someone told me yesterday, because we were talking about bitter foods, and she said uh, she was in uh, she was in Jamaica, actually, and she wanted some sweet And the tour guide said to her, what's sweet for the tongue is bitter for the belly. And what's bitter for the belly is, let me start over. No, let me start over. Let me start over. Let me start over. What's sweet to the tongue is bitter for the belly. And what's bitter to the tongue is sweet for the belly. I know I butchered that completely the first time, but that's the point, right? So we eat a lot of sweets which damages our gut, but we don't, eat, we don't eat a lot of bitters, which is actually good for our gut. Those are the probiotics. And then we eat those and then we feed them with prebiotics. Then bam, good things start to happen. This next, this next tip ties in. Minimize carbs and sugars. Bad bacteria thrives on sugars. Now, now if you realize, if you look at fruit, and this is why I tell people about be careful with all your juicing and thinking, you know, I'm going to drink orange juice. Fruit has fiber, which is prebiotics, right? 
which your body can feed on. When we just drink juice, we're robbing our bodies of that fiber. So we're not putting any prebiotics. So if you drink the juice and then it goes straight to your blood, spikes your blood sugar, save the excess in your liver. And if you have anything above that, it's going to be stored as fat. And you just keep gaining weight. And then on top of that, your bad bacteria are just feeding on those things. They're having a feel that you think, oh, I'm enjoying this. They're enjoying it too. Hence, causing more cravings. Cravings for sugars. Avoid excessive alcohol and caffeine consumption. See, excess, excess, and I say excess, alcohol and caffeine will trigger inflammatory and toxic pathways by altering your gut bacteria balance. Again, what? Dysbiosis, right? Including, including inflammatory toxin release from bacteria while disrupting your intestinal barrier, which is what we call leaky gut syndrome, also allowing more inflammatory toxins into your bloodstream. I'm a wine person. I drink a little bit of wine, like a half glass of wine every night. And it's always red wine and it's dry red wine. And I've been doing this for years now. I haven't had any kind of liquor or alcohol aside from red wine. Now, I'm not saying you have to do what I do, but that's what works for me. And then the resveratrol from the red wine helps healing and it heals, helps my body. But excess alcohol is a problem. Excess caffeine consumption is a problem, especially when you struggle with sleep problems. Because I, in my episode on sleep, I talked about excess caffeine and how it impacts your sleep and when to drink caffeine if you don't want it to interrupt your sleep. So use these tips. They can discourage the bad guys and encourage the good guys. Promoting good gut flora and limiting or even eliminating your cravings. Think about that. I'm not telling you to hate your life. I'm telling you to alter what you eat so you will start to crave the right foods. Much more, a British study in the journal Appetite showed that women who walked on a treadmill when they have chocolate craving hit reported or reduction in their desire for sweets. This supports the idea that engaging in any physical activity will help to curb cravings. So what am I saying? Move more. We sit around and eat sweets, which is bad for our gut. We eat all these things that our body can't digest, and then we don't move. We have to move more. Human beings are the only animals I can think of that just don't move. Even a sloth moves. They may move slow, but they move. But we are so, our energy levels are so low because of how bad we eat that we just don't want to move. I'm not saying to exercise all day, but moving more instead of less can help you to crave more healthy foods and not crave unhealthy foods. Like when I fast, everybody knows 
Wednesday to Thursday is my dinner to dinner fast. I exercise a lot during that time. I, I swim, I run, and I do whatever I can to keep my body into ketosis because then I don't crave unhealthy foods. Movement is important. And the more you move, the more your body will burn fat for energy. Because with everything you do, your body will burn some fat for energy, especially if you're not overeating. Now, I want you to note here, though, too much intensive exercise can cause more cravings. So you have to find a sweet spot. And that's why you're working with a nutritionist or a trainer can really help you out because you have to know the sweet spot. Three, limit stressors. A study published in um, Neuromag, the research used MRIs to investigate which areas of the brain are involved in food cravings. The participants were given a nutritional drink to eliminate hunger during the test and then asked to think about the taste, smell, texture of the food to prompt a craving. The MRIs completed during this induced cravings show that parts of the brain involved in food cravings, the hippocampus, cauda and insula, are identical to those involved in drug addiction. I'm just going to sit back for a second and you think about that. Has it sunk in yet? This is important to note because stress tends to fire up these parts of the brain, seeking pleasure. You ever thought when you have a bad day, you, you feel like, oh, I want to, you know, I deserve this because I have a bad day. I deserve some liquor because I have a bad day. I deserve to eat what I want because I have a bad day. We have to address our stressors. I'm not saying to just meditate them away, but we have to address them. And yes, meditation, reading, laughing, spending time with positive people, these are very important. Because we have to address our stressors. See, most Americans are exposed to about four to five stressors before they even leave the house. And I've said that on many old episodes with the alarm clock, with rushing, with trying to prepare breakfast if you have kids, so on and so forth. You expect to, you get out of your house and you're already in a stressful mode. The start to your day is very important. Then we go through the day completely stressed out. And then at the end of the day, we say, well, I deserve this. Where's the chocolate? I had a bad day. But don't fool yourself because sugar addiction is an epidemic. Killing us slowly but surely. And if you don't believe me, ask someone who's type 2 diabetic. The last thing I'm going to say here is, I'm not saying that you're going to wake up tomorrow and change your life. Because everything is a work in progress. It took me almost a year, and I'm still a work in progress. But I must say, I'm much healthier, way healthier than I was years ago. In fact, I took a blood pressure medicine, um, no medicine, I said that wrong, sorry, blood pressure test the other day. And my blood pressure is lower than it's been 
even when I was in my 20s by making the right changes. And again, I talk about my asthma, my allergies. I've had to renew my medication by making the right changes. See, in the beginning, you can include some, you know, only a few unhealthy items, right? To help you control cravings because your body hasn't gotten used to it yet. But pick the ones that you love and have just some of them. Not a wide variety. Don't just eat whatever you want. But eat with intention. Have them occasionally, but not all the time. In fact, surrendering every now and then may be beneficial. Especially if you do it the right way. But again, it's not about starving yourself. It's about gradually making the right changes so you get to where you're supposed to be. And I'm telling you, take this approach and you have better success and longevity. And then you start to enjoy what you eat and that you won't feel like you're starving and hating yourself. You will start to love what you eat and enjoy the journey. And like I say, enjoy the ride. Thanks for listening to the Zika Health Show. Follow my Instagram at Zika Health for daily motivation and information to improve your health and lose that pesky body fat. Stay awesome, fam. Thanks for listening to the Zico Health Show. If you got good quality content out of this episode, save, subscribe, and share it out there with family, friends, coworkers, or anybody who needs to hear this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.